very different. Okay, we're on 20a, Hafa Amad Aleph, and uh, we said in the last Mishnah that if the person gives an explanation for what he meant, we accept it. That was called, if we go back to that Mishnah on um, 18b, it said, Upi Rasham Lahakil. If he's Mefarish, if he explains his nether, in a way that uh, is, ends up being not binding, we believe him. He's the one who made the promise. He made the commitment. He said the words. And if he tells us that he meant something that most people don't mean, but it ends up being that's what he meant, and because of that's what he meant, he's not obligated, we accept his explanation for that. Uh, he tells us, at the end of the day, it's self-reporting. So he's reporting to the base, and this is what I said, this is what I had in mind. And if he had in mind something that really um, did not, even though he said it in a funny way, and the words that he said would have gotten him in trouble, we believe him to explain it. So now we're going to have some examples of a person explaining himself in perhaps an unusual way, but showing that it was accepted. He used the word cherem. And cherem is another word, again, I told you that's the modern word harem that the Saudi Arabians stole from us, the Forbidden women. Uh, the word cherem means something forbidden. That was the money that was set aside for the base of Migdush. And he said, this should be cherem. And everybody thought he was forbidding something, uh, just like a vow to the base of Migdush. And he said, no, that's not what I meant. Lo nadarti el yam. I was talking about uh, uh, that word not meaning forbidden. I used that word to mean something in the sea. There's something in the sea called the Kherim Shoyam. The, there is a net that they throw out there. Uh, I wasn't talking about uh, anything forbidden. I was talking about that net. Rashi. Uh, sometimes uh, words uh, mean things that you wouldn't totally different. It's just you hear one word, it means another word. Uh, let's see the top Rashi on the right. He said, this object should be Kherim to me. Everybody said, oh, he meant to make it a Corbin. It's forbidden. He says, no, I meant to say about the nets in the sea. That's the kind of nets that they threw out for the fish. I wasn't talking about that kind of harem. I wonder if he was a sailor. I don't know. Uh, but uh, because of that, we say it's mutter. Bekorbin. Uh, and uh, if he used the word Corbin now, Corbin, we only know one kind of Corbin, and Corbin is to the base of Migdash. He says, no, lo nadarti ela I meant the gifts that were brought, offerings to a king. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Let's see, I got two Steves here. Okay, we'll see what we could do. Okay, yeah. Avram is asking, does it have to be immediately or is it even later? That's a good point. I don't know. I didn't, um, but it didn't say immediately. Uh, the English would be, I, uh, this should be an offering. So sometimes to a very famous person, 
who you want to give a gift, they still do that with like uh, presidents and other, they bring a gift. They, you know, accept my offering. You know, you occasionally will hear that. So he says, oh, I didn't mean an offering to the Almighty that's forbidden. I meant like the stuff they give the kings. <laughs> or um, my, my guess would be these all seem far-fetched and yet we're accepting the explanation. That's why they're picked, even though they seem far-fetched. If that's what he says he meant, uh, listen, he's self-reporting. So he's going to, uh, he, he reports himself that he made the vow and he reports what he meant. Now, in the next case, he says, I am making myself a Corbin to you, which normally that means I'm making myself forbidden. That's it. You can't eat in my house anymore. You can't steal and take anything of mine. Two roommates where, where it always happens where one is using the other person's tissues and using his other. So he says, I'm Corbin to you. So, uh, but he used the word atzmi, my etzim. So usually atzmi means self. So he says, oh, that's not what I meant. I just meant, um, I have this one, uh, uh, I didn't mean myself, I have this one bone that I use to make vows. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it's, um, he's saying he has this one, what? He has this one bone in his house that whenever he swears, he swears by that bone. Uh, but he doesn't mean the word etzim meaning himself, the word etzim meaning bone. Uh, he's just saying, I've got, a, I've got a swearing bone, whatever that means. Okay. Uh, so, uh, next. Konam Ishananisli, he swears to the wife that she, uh, he's not allowed to benefit from her. her. Whatever he benefits from her should be forbidden to him. And he says, oh, I didn't mean her. I met the first wife, the one I dumped, Shigarashti. So, uh, and it was even though that's, that wife is long gone, but he swears that she can't benefit from me. He said, oh, the she? That was the old wife. So, Al-Kulam Eindashaulnehem. Now, uh, really, if they give this explanation, they don't need to go to Beisden. They don't need to... Uh, Go, they don't have to be sure that maybe this vow needs to be removed because based on their explanation, nothing happened. But the initial, if they don't know that halacha and they, uh, they didn't realize that they, that they did a dud. In other words, if the vow bound them and they're stuck, so then they go to base and they get their way out of it. If they knew that they were just saying something silly and they really didn't swear... So fine, they don't need to go to Basin. But if they thought that they really swore and forbid something, and it happens to be they're okay, so we're worried that these people are saying things that really could get themselves into trouble. It happens to be this time they're gonna it's not so bad, but Onchinoso, we punish them. We we do something that we'll see exactly what that means. But Umachmir we give them a hard time. Uh they say we uh, find an opening in a different way. We don't let them off easy. Uh, and we teach them that they shouldn't be making, they shouldn't be saying things like that. Even if this time they got away lucky, they really, if somebody that swears and uh, makes oath against other people, is going to get in trouble. And it's going to end up transgressing. Who's the person enforcing all that? Again, it's self-enforced. Oh, it is self-enforced. Um, so surely they knew what they meant when they said this stuff. Uh, they did, uh, but they didn't know if they got uh, what they... 
sometimes it's in a moment of anger. In other words, he, he, they, people swear typically when they're upset, they're upset at their neighbor, they're upset at their wife. And so even if he meant that, uh, but sometimes you say the wrong words and you could be stuck with it. Uh, people, uh, people say things and they, they didn't mean it, but it's too late. So that was really the question. So, yeah. So part of that what is what the Gemara is going to ask. Uh, Richard is asking, if that's the halacha, they don't need to go, um, but how would they know that? <laughs> they don't need, they don't know what kind of... So th- I think that's the point. If a person doesn't know what he's doing, you shouldn't be a uh, play with nuclear bombs. In other words, a person shouldn't be swearing if he really doesn't know if he ended up forbidding his wife, his neighbor, uh, if, he ended up, uh, if he ended up doing something, he really shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't be playing with fire. Uh, people hear other people say it, so they think they could say it. Um, so that's the, Now, what if the person is learned and he actually knows what to say that's not going to ever get him in trouble? So then he doesn't need to go to Basin. In other words, if he's a learned person. Now, we don't advise it, but a person who really doesn't know what they're saying even if this time they, they're okay, uh, they'll have to be careful. But the Gemara is really bothered by that. Hagufakasha, the wording is difficult. First, you said, They don't need to go to Beistin. And then you said, And then you said, If they do, uh, we throw the book at them. So which one is it? So, You're right. We're missing a word or two. This is what it means to say. Really, if they made such a vow, they made a vow by the net of the sea or whatever, or by the uh, swore with a bone. So they don't need to go to Beistin. That's if we're talking about a learned person who knew that he wasn't playing with fire. He knew the words he used were not going to get him in trouble. But if we're talking about an unlearned person who has no idea what he's, what he's saying, Shabbat uh, Lishol, and he comes to Beisdin because he's not sure if he really got himself in trouble. So, we punish him and we're strict with him. So, what do we mean we're strict? We don't give him the easy, there are different methods for removing the vow. So, charata is regret. We don't start off uh, uh, easy. We don't take it off easily. Ella, uh, so we understand what that means is we want him to take it seriously. It, it's a, sometimes a question, uh, uh, the, the, uh, I get question, Kasha's question, sometimes you get a very uh, uh, simple question. So the question is, if you answer it too quickly, the person isn't going to ask next time because you, you, like, you insulted them. You didn't show that they asked a very important question, so you're supposed to go and Hmm, let me think about this. This is, t- oh, I'm glad you you'd asked that. You should ask all these questions. So you almost have to decide um, when somebody asks you, uh, are you allowed to, are, are you going to discourage them if you say, you should know that? <laughs> or you just don't say anything. Treat all the questions the same. Like it's a, it's a question of what to do here. 
So we understand that with this kind of thing, where we're dealing with vows that are uh, nuclear, as we say, they could cause lots of trouble, we don't let them off easy. But what does it mean we punish them? Hey, Kidami, Kidatani, the more it says, like we learned, Misha, Nazir, Bova, Nazir, a person was a Nazir. He accepted to be a Nazir, and he blew it. He drank the wine, he went in the cemetery. Uh, we don't, and then all of a sudden he regrets being a Nazir. It was a little harder than he thought. Uh, he thought he'll have only one little drink, <laughs> and uh, he blew it, right? <coughs> so we don't answer him right away. We make sure um, that uh, we make him sweat it out a little bit. We, uh, uh, we let him wait. Uh, we, we, uh, he has to count days uh, for the amount, uh, the times uh, he broke it, so he has to at least keep it for the amount of times that he broke it for. Meaning we pretend? We pretend that it's still hot. We don't give him an appointment right away. Uh, he comes to Bayesden, we say... Doesn't dwell in his mess, so yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That's right. That's, that's the way to put it. He, 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 he created that circumstance, so uh, we're not in a rush to, uh, to get him out. Um, so that's what we do. Abu Nazir Smuatas. Now, um, if it's only a small amount, so let, let's say... Um, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Um, Rabbi Yosef, that's true by Nizir Samuetis. It's only uh, 30 days. So let him keep 30 days at least. That's what he promised. You know, he's regretting right away. He's trying to get out of it. So we, 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 let's let him keep 30 days. But let's say he, he became a Nazar for a year and he really regrets it. So, and we say, all right, after the, that next year sometime, we'll meet with you. <laughs> so you can't do that. So if he gives a year, you can meet with him after 30 days. Let, let him keep 30 days of it, and then you can talk about getting him out. Now, once the rabbi said that you shouldn't give him an appointment, uh, you should let him uh, realize that he took a vow and he should take it seriously, even though legitimately, once he comes to Bezdin, they'll probably find a way to get him out. So Bezdin is not supposed to meet with him right away. But what happens if they did? Bezdin is duck or low of a They didn't do right. So what do we do to such a Bezdin? There are certain uh, they did him that are, for enough money, they'll get him out right away. So Rav Yaakov said, we put that Bezdin in Kherim because they, uh, uh, they, they shouldn't be doing that. You have these renegade Bezdins. Uh, for a while, there were ba- you can almost find uh, you're not supposed to convert certain people. You know, if somebody gets married for uh, uh, because they fell in love with a woman, or you're supposed to convert people that want they love Hashem, not because they uh, uh, met a spouse, or uh, or you're not supposed to convert for the wrong reason. But you can find uh, there are rabbis that will advertise that they convert anyone. You know, you can find them now. Today they got smarter. People stopped accepting the conversions from those rabbis, or they, they in Eretz Israel they tried to put a stop to it. And so, but there still are plenty of uh, people that do things they shouldn't, that convert people that shouldn't be converted. Or uh, so, uh, if you meet, that's what we're saying: is you put them based in a harem if they're doing wrong, if they if they're doing something they really shouldn't. Okay. Correct. That's right. That's the that's the um, 
yeah, so, yeah, that, that's exactly what it's saying, is that the, the punishment is that we don't handle it until they've sweated it out, they've kept the vow. Uh, they, they're finding or having it hard, you know, not drinking the wine or growing the hair, so we, we let them sweat it out. We don't, let, we don't remove their vow immediately. They're trying to get relief. And so we say, we have an appointment next year. You can wait till next month. There's certain times you do that. You call and they say, oh, we don't have anything available till uh, tomorrow? Next year? No, 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 no. no. You know, that's, uh, that's what you do. Okay. The Chachamim, they said, post lo Pesach. Yes. The word here is, is, is that, that's the same word as Zika, right? In other words, Besin does not make a Zika with it. Correct? Well, the word Zika is an appointment or, or a connection. That's, they don't connect. That's right. That's right. Okay, thank you. Yeah. The Chachamim, they say um, uh, that you, uh, what you do is you, uh, when you, you help them remove the vow, but you don't do it, you're, you make them go the long route. Tana, the Gemara learned. Really, a person should not accustom themselves to make vows, even uh, vows which they see, think are harmless. Don't be a person who swears. Shesofa lima bishvuas, because uh, in the end, not only will you violate Nidorim, but you'll end up violating even more severe things, shvuas. Once you get used to swearing, it's a slippery slope. Number two, there's a whole list of things that uh, if you just do them occasionally, maybe it's not so bad, maybe no harm done, but if you do them all the time, you're asking for trouble. Number two, alti rago etzabarts. Don't uh, hang around with people that aren't learned. Because they'll feed you something not kosher. They'll give you, uh, in this case, it means they'll give you f- food that's not tithed properly. Number three. Now, if you hang around with a Kohen who's an ignoramus, so he'll give you truma, uh, which is even worse. It's very forbidden. And do not uh, talk too much with women. Shesofa, lovely Daniyaf. There's certain people enjoy talking with women, and uh, that's a bad practice because uh, if they, um, uh, the word tarba means too much. It's hard to know exactly what's enough and what's too much, but when people overdo it, uh, in the end, just like saying vows, well, if a person swears all the time, they'll end up breaking it, and if a person eats by somebody whose kashris is problematic, he'll end up eating something he shouldn't. So too, if a person uh, overdoes the talking with the women, they'll end up doing something improper. Ignoramuses, ignorant kohanim. Koinam Yeah. Yeah. He says a different expression. He doesn't say the word talk. He says the word look. There's certain people that are lookers. They enjoy looking to women. So, sofu that also will lead to Abeira. The kola mistaka, each one of them uh, means a certain type of habit. Uh, men have all kinds of habits with women. Uh, he says, anybody that stares, ikvishal isha. Now, this refers to even his wife, which is difficult. Uh, he stares at his wife's ikva. So, he'll have improper children uh, if he does that. So, um, now, what's a person is permitted to enjoy their, the, the way their wife looks? What's the problem? So, Amarav Yosef, the wrong time of the month. And even then, it's a, a question of staring or enjoying. It's not the time to enjoy the, uh, the look of the wife. 
Amr Shimer Lakish, what's the ikva? The ikva actually means the heel, the same word as Yaakov, the heel. What could be wrong if you enjoy looking at women's feet? Like, what's the big deal? So, ikva itani b'makam atinofas. So, when uh, they, did, they used to sit on the floor, and so when a person sits on the floor and they cross their legs, their foot uh, is, uh, is next to their privates. So it would mean stare at their foot. It means stare at the foot. That's uh, uh, it's a certain suggestive kind of stare. It's a euphemism. She which is opposite that heel. So in other words, it's a person is staring in an inappropriate way. Uh, now he's not actually doing anything wrong. He's just looking. So why is that wrong? So there's a concept that a person should have. Uh, it's a, considered a, 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 a good thing, the person who has a certain shame. Uh, he is embarrassed to talk about certain things publicly, to say certain things, to look at certain things. This is a postic that says that ideally Hashem wants us to, it's a quality of the Jewish people that we have an embarrassment. Zubusha. This refers to Busha, Labilti, Tekto. And Hashem gave it to us as a gift that prevents us from doing something wrong. If a person has a sense of embarrassment, they'll be afraid to sin. Uh, it's a good sign in a person, if you know a person who's embarrassed of doing so, that's a good thing. If a person has that quality, he won't sin so quickly. Now, anybody, even a Baishan, can sin, but it, it won't happen quickly. It, it's a protection. If a person has a sense of embarrassment, uh, he'll, he'll be protected. And what happens if a person has no embarrassment? They're just not embarrassed. They, You know that they, their forefathers didn't stand at Harsinai. That's a Jewish trait, to have embarrassment. If a person doesn't have that sense of doing something wrong, it's interesting, everybody makes mistakes. But at least if a person's embarrassed about it, uh, is, doesn't do it in a certain way, What's uh, kind of scary um, is that it mentions that in the time of the flood, they had an Avera known as homosexuality, uh, and that brought the flood. So the question is, so why aren't there more floods? So the Gemara said that today, at least people are embarrassed of it. They don't write a ksuva. They don't, have the, they don't get married. They, they maybe can't control themselves, but they don't have the audacity to publicly flaunt the fact that they ignore what Hashem doesn't want people to do. Whether they do it or not is one thing, but to flaunt it in public, uh, but unfortunately we live at a time where that's uh, it's, it's a... Uh, well, there's a haftach in terms of floods. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's the good news. That's the good news, okay. So, but uh, it says their, their forefathers, people that flaunt, they're missing that uh, their forefathers didn't stand at Harsina. Om Rabbi Yochan ben Dahava. Rabbi Yochanan the son of David said, Four things I heard from the divine angels. So we're going to see exactly what this word means. Obviously, it's something very holy. Uh, now, certain, uh, there were people that had communication from heavenly beings. Uh, the um, uh, Yosef Cairo, the one who wrote the Shulchan Aruch, Eliyahu Anavi came to him and taught him things. He had a malach that came and taught him things. Uh, it's, well, well, certain people that uh, learn, they would hear a voice or people would come to them and they, uh, they, they get communication from 
uh, don't know exactly how it works, but he said, I heard from a very holy source. These means that these are teachings that a human wouldn't know. That uh, how, how would we know how Hashem makes babies, what, what, how they work? So the question is why certain children are born deformed. So he says, Chogrin, uh, why are certain children born that uh, uh, limp when they walk? They're born lame. So what's that because of? It's because they have uh, the, the improper relations, the father with the wife, they turn the table upside down. We'll have to see what that means. Uh, we're going to be challenged because we have embarrassment. We're not gonna, the, the Gemara itself uh, uses euphemisms, and uh, good luck in guessing exactly what it refers to. But okay, Why would a person be born not able to talk? We, have, we believe that the thoughts and the actions of the parent at the time when they procreate affects the unborn child. Uh, so much so that uh, Yaakov Avinu, when he made the striped poles, had the, uh, had the animals born striped. We believe that those thoughts influence the, the child. So things that happen as the parents are together will affect the child. So why are certain children born with mouths that don't work? Because they, uh, they kiss that, that place. They don't have embarrassment or they... Um, the question is, what's wrong if they do that? Um, we're going to see there is a concept of not doing something disgusting. Uh, and uh, it could be that a person shouldn't... That that's considered disgusting. So then the question is, how do we know which things are disgusting and which things are not? But uh, that's, that's what it says. So Russian people that are deaf, mute, they, uh, they can't hear because they talk improperly during very holy times. Sumit, why are some children born by Because they use their eyes improperly. Now, again, they stare at that place. Okay. Um, so, Shalos, uh, They asked, Imeshalom. Now, um, th- this is, they asked a certain woman that she had exceptional children, uh, meaning that her children came out very, they knew that there was something special the parents were doing. Um, and so they decided to ask her. Now, the question was, she was the Rebbitzin of a famous rabbi. They didn't ask the rabbi, they asked the Rebbitzin. Sometimes you can find out stuff that way. What? Those things were things that a person were more like to question. Those were like concepts that a person should question. Or, um, in other words, the um, uh, not so much the physical looking, more the most people understood that more questioning those those issues or 
uh, looking behind them, so to speak. Um, this, though, they do talk about, it doesn't say the glance. This word mistakel means to stare. It means like an intense kind of looking. Uh, again, a person has certain embarrassment, they would not stare at certain things. Uh, but uh, again, it is a God and uh, uh, we learn uh, some of the, we do learn uh, halachas from this Gemara, and there are uh, halachas learned from Agatha. So the question is, how to, uh, what to take from it? So they asked Imisholam, if as we turn the page, why is it that your kids, but Yofimiyoser, they they're unusually nice looking? So I don't know if it's because the parents weren't so nice looking and the kids were like sometimes like why would you even ask like you know? But it seems like they, it's something special that happened in that family. That me and my husband were careful not to have relations at the beginning of the night or the end of the night. They always did it at chatzos. So she's going to say basically they they were very holy when they procreated. That it's going to be a list of things that they did at the time they were together that made holiness. So the first thing is understood that. Um, uh, they uh, sometimes people lived in apartments where they could hear their neighbors, or they lived and uh, the walls weren't so thick, and they avoided relations when they could hear other people's voices. Uh, sometimes people shared one big room and they just had like a sheet in between, mm. and so if you have relations when you can hear other win- other couples talking, that would be very inappropriate. So they would wait till the middle of the night so it was totally quiet. That's how this is understood in the uh, this. Uh, this in the middle, not at the beginning, not at the end. There are mystical things about the middle chatzos laila, but that's how this is commonly understood. Shumisaper, and when he uh, and he does megalatefuk mechasetefuk, they're even modest then. They uh, they uh, open a tefuk and they cover a tefuk. Um, most people say that this is extra pious and this isn't recommended for people today directly. Like in other words. Um, they, some people feel this Gemara is taken out of context as like a marriage manual, whereas this is for very pious people and a person has to know how to use it. Uh, um, uh, in fact, uh, the, um, uh, there's, uh, there's certain things that are, are, are recommended differently than... Uh, um, uh, again, a person should, if they need... practice. This is something that, that people should try to get practical advice from if it's a question difficult because people don't give practical, you know, it's not, it's something a person has to have somebody close with them who could actually teach them. Um, so, vedomo uh, love, and it should be like when they have relations, kimisha kafu shade, like they're forced to. He's just saying that a person shouldn't be, a, even with their own wife, shouldn't be an, an unusual womanizer. Okay, he's got to do it. It's like he's being forced by a demon. Uh, the Rashi says that he's forced by a demon. I don't want to do that, Rashi. Um, Let's do the Ran. I'd rather do that. Ran, uh, Shade. He hurries up. He, um, this, uh, he, was, uh, uh, he did it like he was in a, uh, in a hurry. Um, Rashi brings one shot. He, he, had, uh, he did it powerfully, whatever that means. Oh, like he's forced by a demon. Oh, I don't know exactly what that is. But anyways, back to the Gemara. Uh, and I said, well, why would you do it this way? 
that he not be thinking about another woman. So again, a person uh, that sounds like a very important thing is that a person shouldn't do things that would distract him from his wife or change the subject at that time. The nips of now boily and if he did get distracted and think about other women, then it would be as if he had relations with other women, and the children would be considered illegitimate. Um, so this um, this word kishumisapir. Uh, when they, they would talk about relations, so they were talking about their intimate conversations. So uh, it sounds like they did talk at that time. So are you allowed to talk at that time or are you not? So the more said, Lokasha, Habamita Tashmish, things that are appropriate for the relations, uh, which Rashi says, uh, things that are, are um, uh, that he says to uh, put her in the mood or to praise her or that makes her want to be with him, those are appropriate. Bemila Achonisa are things that have nothing to do with uh, husband and wife. Those are inappropriate. These are the words of Yochum But the majority opinion was We don't agree with that. That uh, uh, what he said from the angels that uh, you can't uh, turn over if a person uh, flips over the table, they'll have blemish kids. He says, no, anything a person wants to do with their wife and it's their wife, he's welcome to do. It's like if you get meat from the butcher store. Some people like to eat it with salt. You can eat it with salt. You want to roast it, roast it. You want to cook it, cook it. You want to baste it, uh, broil it. Or if you like fish, that comes from the fish place. You're welcome to do uh, what you uh, what a person uh, wants to. Um, so there is. They, they use all these examples for like uh, marital relations. You can do whatever you want to do. Is that Correct. What That's do? exactly what we're trying to do. Um, so somebody said uh, that that on this that they could do whatever they want to do, except they're not supposed to spill their seed. That's the one exception over here. In other words, as long as they don't do that. Uh, that's what it means that they would be allowed to do. But it was somebody on the page. I don't remember where. Omar Who were those masked men? Who were those angels that he was talking? We just said that Allah was not like them, but who, where did he hear that from? Uh, again, it could be that Allah is for the average person, and that's for a pious person, or it could be we even disagree with it for a pious person. Um, so he says... Um, Oh, I know. It, it was the Ran, but it's coming uh, the, that I told you. It says not to spill the seed, but let, let's wait. It's, it's, from the, uh, it's coming up in a line or two. So who were those masked men? Who were the rabbis who gave that advice? Uh, so uh, those actually weren't angels. They were rabbis. Uh, now, if you want to say they were real angels, not because he couldn't talk to real angels, that he could. But a why would Allah not be like him if he actually merited messages from the Apai? Of course we would pass him like that. So it must be this was just other rabbis. So uh, and why were they called angels? The Iu Baki They uh, they were experts in uh, creating good children. And, and uh, that was the area of Allah that they studied. And why were they called Malacha Ashurats? They were um, uh, they were separate. They were extra pious people like angels. Uh, angels are like uh, greater, the, more careful. 
This is where they, I saw the Rashi. Let's see the Ran on the right side. Just like an angel is different than a human, they acted in an, This seems to say like these were unusually pious ways. Also, when the Jews were in Egypt, they didn't look like Egyptians. They were different. They were separate. And they didn't mix with the Egyptians. Hahu, back to the Gemara. Who that? That's the Kameda Rebbe. A certain woman came in front of Rebbe and she told on her husband, Omalo Rebbe, Arachti Li Shulchan. He said, Rebbe, my husband turned the table upside down, Vahafku. I, I arranged a table. I, I made myself available to him in the normal way and he flipped, me, flipped her around. Omale Biti, he said, my daughter, which means. The word daughter means I, I understand yes, you might be upset or you're, I, I'm saying this, that he, he cared for her. Torah tirucha. Technically, the Torah permitted it. Vani ma'ese. What, what do you want me to say? I can't tell you it's forbidden. It sounded like she wanted to be told that it's not allowed. It is allowed. I used to come to Rebbe. I'm going to Rebbe. Similar story. Why are you different than a fish? Uh, meaning, why should this be forbidden? Let's see Rashi. Again, the question is, what, there's something here about meat and fish that I don't know exactly what it is, why the, the Torah seems to make, want to make another comparison. I don't know what, I mean, we get the, I, what? Eating is the euphemism for cohabitation. Right, but what's the difference between eating meat and eating fish? Is it two different types of cohabitation? I, I, I don't know, what's, why do we need what? Main meal, maybe fish is like an appetite. In other words, there must be something that's being added by mentioning, well, this, you can eat any way you want, just like you would eat meat, and you can prepare the fish any way you want. There is Rashi, unless fishing is like, uh, I don't know. Let's see the, the Ran. Uh, less limited than meat. You can have it with dairy. So there are more ways you can enjoy fish. Oh, that's interesting. Very good. Who says that? The, the art school says that? Uh, art school, yeah. Wow. Okay. So what do you, I didn't know what he said. He said, "Fish is part of you. Could eat it with milk or flesh. It's it's uh, oh, less it's limits. It's, uh, if a person wants to be more often or more options, certain people set certain limitations, boundaries. Okay, very good. Uh, but there is this other Rashi you want to do. A Torah to Rucha. How do you know that the Torah permits uh, the man to do with her? She belongs to him. Whatever they want." The Rambam says, You have to read those abbreviations. As long as they don't spill the seed uh, in a wasted way, they're, they're, they're welcome to do what they want. Back to the marvelous Sue Yeah. I see. The fish has to do with, with the multiplying. Okay, yeah, interesting. So, um, but the, the Pasuk says, Go follow your heart. So, usually we understand that it means not to take a, um, go after strange women. But Rebbe taught, A person shouldn't drink one cup and be thinking about another. Uh, meaning while he's having relations with his wife, he shouldn't be thinking about a different woman. Uh, even if it's a different wife. Even if he has two wives. So we're on the subject of uh, intimacy. So there is a Pasuk in Yechaskel 
where it says that they, there were special punishments for people that uh, uh, did inappropriate things uh, during relations. So, and those that rebel and are Pasheya who sin against me. So who does this refer to? So Omar Rebbe Levi, Elibanetishamidos. These refer to nine types of people. Nine types of bad habits in relations with their wives. Number one, and uh, the, the, uh, the way to remember it is Asnas Mishkach. So what does the Aleph stand for? B'nai Ema, B'nai Anusa. Somebody who forces their uh, wife to have relations, or even if they don't force her, she's, so, she's afraid to say no. Or B'nai Anusa means they literally force her, like they rape the wife. So um, that's not permitted. Rashi b'nei Iran b'nei Nusa great faith that's worse than being afraid. B'nei Ema she's not mamish forced, but Anusa means that no she's forced she doesn't want to and he she he forces her. B'nei Snua means he hates her and people that hate each other aren't supposed to have relations. B'nei Nidui he's in cherem and and he's during the he's. He, he did something, the Beis didn't put him in harem, so was, they're not supposed to have relations with together. B'nai Tamura means uh, that um, uh, uh, he takes a substitute. Uh, he goes on the wrong wife. That's the way they learned that uh, he's, he means one wife and he takes a different wife. Um, uh, but he's thinking of the other wife. They all ask from over here with Yaakov, with Leah, Rachel, Rachel and Leah. He thought he was with Rachel, this was Leah. How was that permitted? B'nai Mariva, a person that has relations when they're fighting with each other. Uh, B'nai Shikrus, they have relations when they're drunk. B'nai Grushis Alev, when he decided to divorce her already. B'nai Arvuvia, when they have relations with either a woman that has relations with many men, or, um, or uh, the, the woman just, uh, uh, her husband just died, and then all of a sudden she takes another husband. In other words, they don't, they're mixed. Their relations are so often that they're mixed. B'nai Chatzuva, uh, children of a woman who has chutzpah. Uh, she has chutzpah in that area of relations. Aini, uh, is that not so? If the woman uh, actually encourages the relations, she's rewarded. She'll have exceptional children that were even greater than what they had in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. And we'll explain where we get the drasha from. But if the wife uh, wants to have children or wants to please the husband, then they're rewarded with exceptional children. It says when they wanted to pick judges... They wanted, you should pick judges that are not only smart, but they have bina. They can figure things out. It's, it's above being smart. Then it says they picked judges. They couldn't, they, at a minimum, they picked judges that were knowledgeable, but not every judge has bina, has unusual understanding. That goes beyond knowledge. That's how to apply the knowledge. It doesn't say they had to vote him. So basically, they, they, it's, it's hard to find people that are Navam, but it says that one particular Shevet had members of that tribe that were known for having Bina. And it says the reason that they, they were rewarded that Yisachar had Bina was because Leah went out of her way to have relations with Yaakov. She, she uh, gave the Dudoyim to Rachel, and she uh, worked on finding ways to 
uh, have more relations with her husband, so she was rewarded that her that her children were very uh, they had bina, they figured things out. So you see that it is a good thing for women uh, to want to seduce the husband. So why are we saying that's chutzpah? So um, the Gemara answers, Let's see the Rashi on this Rashi on the left side. She doesn't ask the husband and say, let's have relations. She, she has other ways. She, has, she shows interest in him. She shows him that she's in the mood. That's a better way to do it than to formally ask, just like Leah did. She'll have good children. There are four, we're talking about forbidden things. Now we get to the permissible things. Nidre Zuzim, there are four categories, what's called Nidre Zuzim. We actually had that before, where you, you promise to do something to encourage yourself to do a mitzvah. Nidre Havai, uh, vows that are wondrous. Nidre by mistake. Nidre Onsim, force things. Now we're going to explain what all of these are. What's Nidre Zuzim, Kate said? Hayomoker Chefetz. You were selling, and you, you swear, I'm not going to take less than a sella. And he says, well, I'm not going to pay more than a mosavala shah. And, and they, uh, the, the people always uh, do it like that. We'll have to find out uh, tomorrow, Mitzvah the, uh, the next parak. Um, I'm going to...